Our scripture reading this morning is Romans 6, 3 through 5. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this, his. Thanks, Holly. Um, just one housekeeping note there. Um, I'm Nate, by the way, so if you're new, come to our house on like November 5th, whatever. I will say there might be a little false advertising, okay? I don't know if we're gonna have mint leaves on ice cream. I'll just to be honest with you, maybe some fruit, um, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, this morning's a little bit different, and you may have noticed this trough of water in front here. Uh, we've got five individuals being baptized this morning. So that's going to be the chunk of our service this morning, what we're going to focus on. But before we get in, I just want to talk a little bit about what baptism means. And so, put it this way baptism is an outward, visible symbol of a deeper, inner spiritual reality. Baptism is an outward symbol of a deeper reality. And let me give you three ways that this passage shows us. One, it talks about the death, it talks about life, and it talks about union. So first of all, death. Uh, Verse 3, that was just read, I'll read again, it says this, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Now, if this is the first time you've heard this passage, you probably did something like this. You know, like, there's just a lot there. What's, What's happening? There's a lot of questions, but probably the most significant is this, is what is so significant about Jesus' death? And one of these you have to know is in, as Paul's writing this letter to the church at Rome, he's addressing two different kinds of people. Some are Jews, some are Gentiles. Another way to put it would be this way. Some are religious. Some grew up knowing the scriptures. Some grew up with commandments they knew right and wrong. And others he's addressing are non-religious. They're irreligious. And one of the most fascinating things about the letter to, Rome, and to, to the book of Romans is this, is that Paul goes to the beginning, he says this, whether you're religious or non-religious, no one's righteous. It's incredible. Paul says there's, there's a deep problem and it's sin. And listen, when you hear the word sin, sometimes we think something like this. It's, it's been used to make you feel bad about yourself or maybe to manipulate others. But in the scriptures, the scriptures use sin to simply describe the core problem of our human condition. And here's what it is, that you and I, in in a million different ways, we're all different, but we want to rule our lives. We want to put ourselves on the throne, and we don't want God to be there. And listen, some of us are religious, and we do this by keeping the rules. Others of us, we're irreligious or non-religious, and we do this by breaking all the rules. And what I want you to realize, do you realize how different those look on the outside? But listen, here's the fundamental issue. 
that some of us, if we're religious, we keep all the rules, and here's what we say. God, I'm good, I'm moral, you owe me a good life. Do you see that? You're saying, I'm in control. If you're non-religious, you say, I don't want to keep any of these rules. I want to be in control of my life. But either way, the core issue is sin. And one of the things Paul says at the end of Romans 6, of this chapter, he says, the wages of sin is death. Now, here's what's remarkable. So my daughter, she's been doing babysitting a lot recently. And sometimes when you do babysitting, people will ask her, hey, what's your wage? How much do you normally get paid for watching kids, right? In Romans 6, 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. In other words, there's something we earn because of our sin, and the payment is death. But here's the remarkable news. This is where Jesus' death comes in. In 1 Peter 3, 18, it says this, for Christ died for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. And did you hear that? That's saying this, that Christ's death was for something, It was for sins, for the deep problem that all of us have, that he went and he died in our place. And you notice how it says, he's the righteous one, we're the unrighteous. And notice the result, it brings us to God. So, this picture of baptism, when we're baptized into Jesus' death, it's an outward picture of a deeper spiritual reality of Christ's death for us. As each of these five get up here today and they are put under the water, they are saying, Jesus did that for me and I am his and he is mine. But secondly, baptism is more than just about the death of Christ. It's about the life of Christ. Notice how in verse four it says this, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Notice for a moment how there's a connection there. Uh, It talks about Christ bodily rising from the dead, and somehow that enables people to walk in a new way of living, a changed life. Uh, If you've ever read C.S. Lewis's um, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, if you haven't, there's, there's a character in that book named Eustace. And Eustace is this very selfish boy. He's so selfish. And at one point in the novel, he turns into a dragon. You'll notice this is a fairy tale novel. This is a fictional novel. But he turns into a dragon because of who he is. And he notices it. He notices who he's become. And he he begins to say, I don't want to be this way anymore. I, I can't go back into life as a dragon. And so he begins to try to tear off the skin of the dragon. And so he tears off one layer. He's like, oh, good. But then there's still another layer. He does it again in another layer until Aslan, Aslan, who's the Christ figure, who's the lion, tells Eustace, I need to undress you. And this is what Eustace um, writes about that experience. It says this, and then he, Aslan, began pulling the skin off. And the first tear was so deep that it had gone right into my heart. And it was so painful And yet that which made it bearable was the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. And it kept going until finally he was a boy again. That's a wonderful picture of what happens when you give your life to Christ because you realize you can't change yourself. 
for Eustace, who he is and who he has become, becoming a boy again, becoming the true self, was simply because Christ had come in and had changed him. And in verse 7 of Romans 6, it says this, that those who have been baptized into Christ's death, they have been set free from sin. In other words, they're no longer in bondage. There's new power, new ways of living. And not only that, promises that someday you will bodily rise from the dead with Christ. Lastly, union. Um, verse 5 says this, For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Um, notice, notice that term union, united, is twice there. Um, union with Christ means this. It means you are connected spiritually, mysteriously, yet truly to Christ, and all of his privileges are now yours. They're all yours. So in a moment, as these five come up and we baptize them, what's going to happen, it's a great picture of this, is they're going to go under the water, baptized into his death. All the privileges of Christ's death for their sins are theirs. As they're raised up out of the water, it's raised up into newness of life. And all the privileges because of Christ's resurrection are now theirs. That's the picture One more brief, important note about baptism is this. It's an outward symbol. In other words, this doesn't save. Okay? To be clear about that, this does not save. Um, It's a little bit like this. Um, You know, when my wife and I got married, uh, we exchanged rings. That was the symbol, right? Now, if I take this ring off, am I still married? Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, I am still married. It doesn't change, right? This is a symbol. And the baptism here today, it's a symbol of what God has worked in each of these individual lives as they put their trust in him. So, a couple final thoughts here. First, if you're here this morning, and maybe somebody invited you, maybe you lost a bet, I don't know, maybe you're curious exploring the Christian faith, here's what I'd say. Please consider this. This good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, it is exclusive, and yet it's the most inclusive. It's exclusive in the sense of this way. It's only in Jesus where this problem of sin is dealt with. Only in Jesus. And yet it's the most inclusive because it says Christ died for the ungodly, which means it doesn't matter what you've done or who you are. You are welcomed. So as you watch these five individuals, be baptized today, know this, that this is what God has done for you in Christ. And all one needs to do is to respond, to put their trust, their faith in him, and he will receive you. Secondly, for those of you who have put your faith in Jesus, two ways that I think this should just really encourage you today. One is, what you're seeing today is what's happened to you. Like, you should, you should be deeply encouraged. No matter how good your week was or how bad your week was, this is true. If you're in Christ, his death is yours and his resurrection is yours, and it should deeply encourage you because it's about what he's done. And then secondly, you have the privilege and the honor of encouraging and welcoming these five individuals. And so I'll just put it this way. Um, uh, this is a bigger deal than a Packer touchdown. 
okay? Uh, or a Badger touchdown, if they could score, right? If they could, yeah. Okay. But all that being said is one of the things, and if you've been at Redeemer City for a while, you know this, but when, when these individuals get baptized and they go under and they come up, uh, we cheer, and rightly so, because we exalt this good news of Christ and what he's done, and we rejoice with those who have put their trust in him.